over the next couple months, we have an incredible sponsor that I'm going to keep telling you about. It's Yukon River Knives. Yukon River Knives exists to support missions work in rural Alaska by providing outdoor enthusiasts with premium quality knives. A portion of every purchase goes to helping advance the gospel in rural villages in Alaska. Featuring both handmade and high-quality production knives, Yukon River Knives has curated some of the finest and most useful knives in the market. Go check out their products at yukonriverknives.com and enter Shepherd's Crook at purchase for a coupon code and a 15% discount. As you guys know, in the past, I've worked with Buck Knives. Now, I love Buck Knives, but there's a difference with a knife like that, a mass-produced knife, and the Yukon River Knives. When I think about Yukon River Knives, I'm thinking about a knife that I can give down as a legacy piece to one of my grandsons, and I'm looking forward to that. Also, their small game knife is going to be my primary knife that I use for whitetail season this year and for my boar hunting trip in the early spring. Their knives feel great in the hand, and you can just tell looking at it and the feel of it that it's a well-balanced, great knife with a sharp edge, and it's going to last for a lifetime, and not just my lifetime, but multiple lifetimes. Yes, you can go buy another stock knife, or you can check out what Yukon River is doing and get you a nice, quality, premium knife that you're going to be able to hand down to your grandkids. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hello, and welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. We are at episode 194. Hope you guys are all doing great today. We're going to start with prayer, and today we're going to talk about Thomas Aquinas, a little bit of Thomism, but we're going to go back in a little bit of recent church history and talk about some theological controversy leading up to what all these Baptists have been fighting about and arguing about when it comes to theology proper and the study of God and and the details behind all of that, the classic theism and what's going on in the James White, Owen Strahan, Michael Barrett, uh, let's see, Richard Barcelos, all that stuff. So we're going to dive into some theological controversy. But first, we're going to pray, ask for the Lord's help, and then I'm going to tell you again about Yukon River Dives. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for this time this morning. Lord, <clears throat> so many of us in pastoral ministry are coming to Mondays, and we want to honor you as we get through what we have to get through this week and do so in a joyful manner. And from meeting with people to the discipleship to the study to the prayer to all the, the things that you've called us to do, help us to do them faithfully and do them joyfully as you would have us do them. And God, help us to not present ourselves in any way as, as martyrs or uh, God, just give us joy. And I pray that even leading up to this week from yesterday and the sermon yesterday, God, I pray that you'd help us to have joy even in uh, knowing there's things we could have said better or things we shouldn't have said and, you know, as we're kind of just evaluating all of that. So just help us remind us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus and lead us through this time uh, in this conversation. I trust you will. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Let's, as Brandon Tatum says on the Officer Tatum, let's get into this. Yukon River Knives, I want to tell you about it. I want you to go buy some knives. There is a coupon code that you can use. And, you know, I am a quality guy over a quantity guy. Something changed a few years ago where I started realizing, hey, wait a minute. I want to get some quality items that are going to last for a very long time rather than just a bunch of junky items that are going to wear out after normal use for a few, you know, just after a few years. So I I decided to get some American-made products. The shirt I'm wearing here is a a Pendleton shirt from the 1960s. And I think it's kind of like the golden era right now to get shirts like this, things that can be made 
that have been made in America and stopped being made in America around the late 1990s. And I'm thinking about my sons, things that I can pass on. Well, Yukon River Knives is just like that, okay? It's an American-made knife. It's high-quality knife. There's so many good folks that love, love Christ that have been on the mission to create a really great knife that's going to last for a lifetime and multiple lifetimes that you can use in many hunting situations or just everyday carry situations. They are fixed-blade knives, but they can be used in a lot of different you know, if you go camping all the time and you're not you're not a big hunter, okay, well, you can get it and have a hunt, or your camping knife, and here's your camp knife for the long haul. It's a real quality steel. You guys just, just really should check out the link in the show notes and pick you up some knives. Use the coupon code Shepherd's Crook for 15% off and get you a really good knife. Stop with the junk knives. Get something good that you can give to your grandkids. All right. Now, let's talk about theological controversy. If you don't know the conversation, and pastors, I know that some of you are on Twitter less or more. I'm completely off Twitter, completely off Facebook, but I still see these controversies going on via podcast and on Gab as well. And here's what I know. I know that right now there is infighting. Let's start at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary with Owen Strahan and Dr. Barrett. I think it's Michael Barrett. And from the things that I can tell, as Michael, Michael Barrett is revamping some of the things going on at Mid- Midwestern Seminary right now, there is this leaning into Thomism, which is Thomas Aquinas, a Catholic theologian that has apparently a massive body of work, and you know his systematic theology is well known. This is actually personal to me because of uh, my sister actually was pulled into the Catholic Church primarily through Thomism and Aquinas, and. Through conversations and a lot of conversations, her husband is Catholic. Uh, it, it just is, it's, it's just personal because it was Thomism that got her. And it was a rejection of Sola Scriptura that was the first step for the cards to fall and for her to move into Catholic theology. And so when we talk about this, when I'm talking about this, I get the conversation. I get the warning signals that Owen Strand has been shooting, and I get the warning signals that James White has been shooting, and that Jeff Johnson has been uh, sounding the alarm, and I get it. There's a real reason why they're sounding the alarm. And as James White talks about, many scholars that he's worked with and many theologians and schools that he's worked with, that professors who have gone Catholic and have rejected the gospel, have walked away from the scriptures and embraced this this Aquinas, Thomist, uh, Thomistic worldview, um, and when they talk about theology proper, this new thing, classic theism, what, what just what's going on? Why is there now this chasm between guys that used to work together and they're now, I mean, like snide comments on the internet and there's this back, you know, there's this back and forth fighting. What's going on? Some of you may not be aware of this conversation at all, but I think the content in this episode is still going to be helpful to you to really get underneath What's really going on here? And one of the things that Joel Webbin on the Right Response Ministries uh, podcast had said as he was talking about James White, he's trying to figure out pastorally what is going on here. And I want to just throw my two cents into the conversation as well, whether this is heard by some of the same people or not, of, of why this is actually happening. What happened with James White and Joel Webbin is they thought they want to seat, you know, these Baptists want to seat at the theological table, and they're tired of being looked at by Presbyterians and by others in the evangelical world, whether they they call themselves in the evangelical world or not, in the Reformed world or not. Uh, They're looked at as the redheaded stepchild of Reformed theology, and so these Baptists are revolting against that and wanting to say, hey, we're big boys too. (laughs) We can can think deeply as well, and uh, so let's get into this Thomism game and talk about 
the philosophy of Aquinas and how that brings us to a better place of, uh, of understanding in the Trinity. And Okay, so all this is going on. Let's backtrack a little bit and lead up to this point that, that I want to make about just people having an axe to grind here in a minute. Okay, so first, let's go back over the last 40 years and let's think about some of their theological controversies in the Reformed world and try to get to the bottom of what was really going on. And certainly, some of these have to do with theology. But the theology of these conversations, I think, is actually the front face of what was going on, but it's not the real reason of the infighting. Now, some of them, to lesser or greater degrees, were lesser or greater deals when it comes to theological precision, and is this heterodox, is this heretical, and some people in these camps certainly were saying heretical things, and I mentioned Federal Vision here in just a little bit and talk about Norman Shepard. Norman Shepard denied things like the imputation of Christ's righteousness, the active and passive obedience of Christ being credited to those uh, who are found in Christ. So there are some serious theological issues, but still in these conversations, I think there's something else going on, and I, I want to really pinpoint that. So first, with the, res- the, the, restruction, the Reconstructionists, okay? Let's go back to the modern Puritans of the uh, Kuyperian theological tradition and beyond the Kuyperian theological tradition back into the Puritan tradition. And the modern Puritans really get their kickstart again with Kuyper and they run to Van Til uh, about half a century. And you've talked to me, or I've talked to you about the theological lineage of the modern Puritans before, but it goes from Van Til into people like uh, R.J. Rushdoony, John Frame, Francis Schaeffer, um, there's a there's a, a, a modern theological lineage here that goes back to Kuiper, and in this Christian Reconstructionist movement, you had people R.J. Rushdoony and you had his son-in-law Gary North that were huge players, and they put massive volumes of theological works together over the years, and just spent hours just laboriously pouring over the scriptures and writing application to the scriptures, and trying to understand God's law and its application today. And they're trying to be as uh, confessional and Westminsterian as possible. And in so many ways, these Reconstructionists were recovering what these, what what many of the early Reformers and what a lot of the, the Westminster divines in the Presbyterian world were talking and writing about, and then later some English Baptists were writing about, and, and thinking about God's law and all of life. All of Christ for all of life is how... Canon Press puts it, and the Puritans just simply wanted to put, to to run with that theme, the scriptures into every nook and cranny of the world and say, what does God have to say about this particular thing? From economics, to civil authorities, to how we raise our children, to how we view the household, just everything. They wanted to see what God had to say about everything, and they were able to find application points in God's word to everything through explicit passages or theological principles that we get and derive from God's word. They saw God's word applicable to everything. That's what they did. What ended up happening in the Reconstructionist movement is there was fissures and breakups and controversy all the way through it, and I want to just say, here's the main reason. The main reason was people had an axe to grind. Gary North didn't like his father-in-law. And then a lot of these different you know, splinter breakups that were happening through a lot of the things going on down where Gary North was in, in Taylor, Texas, Tyler, Texas, a lot of the breakdown of the Reconstructionist movement just simply had to do with people not liking each other. They had relational fallouts. And then there was th- theological controversy built around those relational dropouts, those relational failures. And what ended up happening was theological bombs were thrown at each other, but the real reason for the theological bombs being thrown at each other 
was the relational breakdown. They had an axe to grind. Fast forward into the late 90s, early 2000s, the big federal vision blow up. There was a federal vision conference down in Alabama, and it was a group of men really trying to apply what they see as their covenant theology, and they were recovering so much of Westminsterian understanding of the covenant. And as they did that, there were some people like Norman Shepard, there were some people that were denying, very on the fringes of this group, denying some central things to the gospel of Jesus. And it was really, uh, that, that was bad. But then others that were in the theological camp of the federal visionists that were affirming justification by faith, uh, your, your, the five solas of the Reformation, they were affirming the imputation, act of passive obedience of righteousness, of the righteousness of Christ. And they affirmed all the central tenets of the faith. And all these people who are writing against them, they were writing these theological responses. But in reality, what was happening behind the scenes, and just from friends of mine who know people and are friends with people that were involved in that from the very beginning, I've got my book guy uh, that I know that has uh, relationships with people that were a part of that and pastor buddies I know that were right in the thick of that. Well, what was the deal? It was relational acts to grind. Were there some serious things? Yes. Were there some other things that were just maligned and misrepresented? Absolutely. And the question is, why? Was it the primarily the, the theological issues going on, or was it the relational aspects underneath that that revealed itself in these theological responses back and forth and infighting? Well, it was the fact that people had an axe to grind. That was the real issue. Now, fast forward to what's going on now in the Baptist world. Okay, Now we get into the Baptist world, of which I am a part of. And you see this going on with Barrett, Professor Barrett, Dr. Barrett at Midwestern, and Owen Strand. They were both professors at Midwestern for a, a period of time. So they were colleagues. And then you see former colleagues, Jack, Dr. James White, Richard Barcelos, Jim Ranahan, this crew over here uh, that now is fighting back and forth over their understanding of the Trinity. All right. Now, theology proper is very difficult. When we start talking about the uh, divine simplicity, when we start talking about the economic trinity and the ontological trinity and all these aspects, I was mentioning actually some of this on my sermon yesterday because I was in Hebrews chapter 1 and we were working through down through verse 3 and I was going through some of this stuff talking about what has been revealed and what has been concealed. God has concealed so many things. The secret things belong to the Lord, Deuteronomy 29 I believe it is, and what has been revealed belongs to the children of man. And there are so many aspects of theology proper that are very difficult. And for pastors like myself, who are not theologians in the traditional sense, you see that many of these people that are having these fights are literally egghead theologians who are just, I mean, straight up nerds who, I mean, sorry to say that, they are just straight up, they're dudes that don't have ground level pastoral experience with people. And then others in the conversation that do. There are those who don't have ground level experience in evangelism and requiring them, them, them to defend the faith right in front of people. And there are those that just spend their time in ivory towers. Okay, think of it like this. You have people in politics, like a Joe Biden, who's never actually had real job outside of government in his entire life. He is a lifelong company man in politics. These discussions that are happening right now over Aquinas and Thomism are filled with people who are lifelong theologians and institutions. And then there's another group that has had boots on the ground experience with people, not just in the academic realm, but in the just normal realm, like Joe Schmo. Hey, I'm talking with this guy in the street who is just a normal dude. And you have these conversations going back and forth, 
and I, I, is it really about the is it really about the theological positions that they hold, or is there something else going on? And I think there's something else going on. Okay, Here, here's what I think is going on. So there's all the Aquinas debate. You have all these things about natural theology and where do, where should we land on this as Protestants and how do we understand natural theology, natural law? Um, how are we to understand all of this and not be heretical Catholics and be faithful to the scriptures? How do we understand theology proper in the classic, classic and biblical sense and, uh, and not be heretics? And there's accusations that people like uh, Dr. Owen Strand or James White are being heterodox, maybe even heretical in their understanding of the Trinity, and I think it's complete and utter nonsense. Uh, I'm not, we're all not going to line up exactly when it comes to the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the Holy, for goodness sakes. Talking about God and the nature of God is so difficult to do for pastors, for church members. It's just so difficult. Here's what I think is going on. I don't think Dr. Barrett likes Owen Strand at all. And in fact, one time I said, this seems to be these conversations about that Barrett's having classical theism, the direction that Midwestern going, Midwestern is going. I think it comes down to this one thing. They do not like the cultural positions and the stands that Dr. Owen Strand is making. This was specifically about Midwestern. Well, Dr. Strand reposted my post, reposted that. I think what's going on is there was simply a war behind the scenes at Midwestern. I I can't say this for sure, a a theological war going on, but it was more than that. It was a relational war going on. And the positions that Dr. Owen Strand has, has made, the positions that Dr. James White has made, I think these other groups are trying to discredit them because they don't like the direction they are going in the public square. Now, I know Dr. Strand is not post-millennial. I know that James White is. But both of those men have been out front and center calling nonsense nonsense in a non-apologetic way in the last two years. They've been out there talking and calling out people that are embracing feminism, soft soft complementarianism. They have been making stands and bold stands that the scriptures call us to make and have been faithful in the public square to do so. And I don't think other people like it. I think when Dr. White and Joel Webin are talking about the real reason it's happening, maybe in the Arbat world, maybe in the Jim Ranahan, maybe in the Richard Barcellus world. It has to do with wanting a seat at the Aquinas table with Catholics in the broader reform or, or with the broader reform world, uh, you know, falling in line with Dr. Sproul and loving Aquinas and appreciating Aquinas and wanting to be seen as Aquinas scholars and maybe even have some Presbyterians lean in and invite them to come speak at their conferences. I think it probably does have something to do with that. But more than anything, I think it has to do with a relational thing. I don't think they like James White. I just don't think they like him. And so they're trying to discredit him through these theological conversa- uh, 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 controversies. I don't think Dr. Barrett and his cronies like Owen Strand. And they're trying to discredit him. And they're doing it by way of these theological controversies. I think it's all relational. I think it's just like these other uh, recent historic events where it's just people with axe to grind. And the theological controversy is just to cover up for the relational discord that's happening behind the scenes. I think it's as simple as that. They don't like Dr. Strahan. They don't like James White. It's as simple as that. So, that's my two cents. I hope that's been helpful. How can we do better? How can we do better than what's happening right now? Well, here's one of the things I think we can do better as pastors. Don't make snide comments. Be direct men. Don't be men who avoid other people because you may not like them. Run into difficulty rather than around difficulty. It is very cowardly to write theological works to discredit somebody 
instead of going across the room or picking up a phone call and talking through and working through the axe to grind. Now, maybe that is all wrong and maybe it is all theological and there is no relational axe to grind behind the scenes, but I think I'm right. Okay, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. If this has been helpful, please leave a rating or review. I know many of you uh, may be thinking, hey, what's been going on? I don't even know about these theological controversies, but others are going to listen to that and say, okay, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that probably is something uh, to consider. So let me know what you think. Please comment, share, subscribe. Thanks so much for being uh, tuned in here on Gab as well. And uh, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Shepherd's Crook podcast. For more information, you can go to theshepherdscrook.co.